Okay, welcome back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. How are you? You sounded distressed when you said that. Oh, I just noticed. Um, you're gonna be mad at me. I got it. I got a sunburn. It does. It's not like a a burn, but I was out in the sun today with the kids, and I'm a little red. But it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> but I just saw a tan line, which is why I went oh. Your skin. I know. I know. I literally yelled at my mom about the exact same thing last night because she got really burnt over the weekend. And I was like, were you wearing sunscreen? And she was like, um, I was wearing a hat and I put sunscreen on my face, but it's her back that's really bad. And I literally was like, mom! No, you have to put it everywhere. That's good skincare. Being tan is not more important th or is less than, important than getting cancer. <laughs> I agree. So, um, I don't know. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know? sat in the house, did the same thing I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was weird. I woke up at nine and I like started doing some work and then all of a sudden it was six o'clock and I was like, oh, I've been sitting in my bed literally all day. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to cook dinner when we're done. It'll be a late dinner, but that's fine. I also haven't eaten dinner yet, but my mom is saving me a plate downstairs. So I'll do that after as well. Yeah. I'm going to make a, make a quick dinner. Um, I don't know how long your topic is. Mine is super short. Oh, mine is like average, but I would say it's shorter than long. Okay. Like I think it's... So we might, we might, have, we might have a short episode today. Is what yeah, I, that's I, fine. Because mine's only like a page. So should we... Short and sweet. Well, first of all, I have some um, scary things to tell you about where I am. Which again, not as scary as, as other places in the world. But, um, okay, if I were to ask you, which two things do you think um, have happened in Booth Bay just in the past 48 hours? One, COVID has come to Booth Bay. And two, a woman was killed by a shark. <gasps> Did both of those things happen? Both of those things happened. Oh, I'm so, I'm freaking out. Because that's Shut not even... Up. The COVID thing obviously like a really big deal. Like, please be careful. I hope daycare is wearing masks now. But also the shark thing. We wear well. We wear masks. Um, when we don't wear masks when we're alone with the kids, just because I don't know how that decision was come to you, but I kind of understand it. Um, but when parents are picking up and dropping off, we we put on masks and we take the kids' temperature twice a day, and we take our own temperatures every morning, and we're very diligent about that. Um, but it was so frustrating because the same, um, remember how I told you about how the 4th of July fireworks were, were shut down because it was a safety hazard, but then yeah. one billionaire was like, well, then yeah. I'll buy a bunch of fireworks and I'll just do my own. And then, so still there were crowds. The same guy who, um, owns the local country club. Well, I mean, he's not technically officially responsible, but it was his country club a rich tourist like came and w tested positive mm -hmm. and then gave it to an employee. So there are at least two cases in the country club, which oh, is, is oh. now I'm like, well, I guess I'm glad I don't rub elbows with any of the country club people. people. Yeah. But none of their kids come to the daycare, right? No. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So what are we talking it's, about? It's all just nuts. So we're talking about, 
the Freedom Riders. Right, right, right. I was yes, like, yes, yes. Ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of, um, this isn't really about John Lewis exactly, although I'm going to talk about him a little bit, and this topic is sort of an homage to him. Yeah. He was why, I, he, an article about him was why I asked you. Yes. Him. He was, in fact, a Freedom Rider. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, here we go. By the late 19th century, the segregation of black people and white people had become a deeply rooted way of life in the American South. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first Freedom Rides took place in 1947, but when people talk about the Freedom Riders, they're really talking about 1961, but both of them, like, both of those times there were Freedom Rides, but it, like, started in 1947, um the project was sort of backed off of, and then it was restarted in 1961. Okay. Um, the Freedom Ride idea was part of the Journey of Reconciliation, which was uh, a larger project sponsored by the Fellowship of, Reconcilia- of Reconciliation and the Congress of Racial Equality, which is just a couple, they're civil rights groups. Um, the Congress of Racial Equality, otherwise known as CORE, Um, is a civil rights group founded in 1942 that played a very key role in the civil rights movement. Their mission is, quote, to bring about equality for all people, regardless of race, creed, sex, age, disability, sexual orientation, religion, or ethnic background. Uh, And though they stand for that, a majority of their work is for the black community and for African-American civil rights. The Freedom Riders and that whole project was inspired by two really important Supreme Court decisions. The first one being Morgan versus Virginia, which happened in 1946, and the second one was was Boynton versus Virginia, which happened in 1960. Uh, Both of these cases, um, the Supreme Court decisions ruled that segregation in interstate commerce is unconstitutional. The first one, Morgan versus Virginia, was where a black woman named Irene Morgan was arrested in Virginia for refusing to move from the whites-only section of a Greyhound interstate bus. She was traveling home from Baltimore after visiting her mother, and she brought her case to the Supreme Court. The court ruled 7-1 to that Virginia's state law could not enforce segregation on an interstate bus. Uh, They used the Interstate Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution to make this happen, and I think... I don't know much about this clause, but I think basically what they're saying is if you have one state that has a a rule where segregation is allowed and one state where it's not, you can't suddenly make the person who's traveling from out of state into your state abide by those rules. Yeah. Um, Because it's that, that, that just hurts commerce um, and people. In Boynton versus Virginia, which was the 1961 Um, A black law student named Bruce Boynton was convicted for trespassing because he entered a restaurant in a bus terminal that was labeled whites only. They again used the interstate commerce clause to, um, in the Supreme Court to argue that this was unconstitutional. This ruling in favor of Boynton Boynton extended the ruling from Morgan versus Virginia to not only apply to interstate buses, but to bus terminals, restrooms, waiting areas, restaurants, cafeterias, or any travel facility of that kind. Right. The first Freedom Ride in 1947 was thought of by activists named George Hauser and Bayard Rustin. The first one was all men. I don't think it was intentional to exclude women. Uh, I I don't know the exact reasoning. Um, Part of it could have been a safety thing. Um, 
And it could part of it could have just also, been who volunteered. Wait, what year was it? 1947? Lots 1947. Of, lots of women didn't drive. Well, they weren't driving. They were just riding buses. Oh, riding buses. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. all the women were at home taking care of children. And I know that sounds sexist. Because it was. But that's yeah. happening. Yeah. I, that was the culture at the time. Uh, so what a freedom ride is, is a mixed, gra- a mixed race group of activists essentially make a trip on an interstate bus um, where they mix up where they're seating so that there are black people and white people sitting in both sections of the bus. And then they cross from states where segregation is illegal into states where it is not, well, anymore, or, or was it legal? And now the con- the Supreme Court has said that that's unconstitutional. And it was a way to make sure that the southern states were abiding by the supreme court's ruling and to draw light on it if they weren't very often they would be arrested for trespassing unlawful assembly violating state and local jim crow laws and other just totally made up offenses and more often than not um even if they weren't arrested um before police interventions um, the police would allow protest mobs who were which were all white to violently attack the freedom riders before the police would intervene and never were attackers uh, punished for attacking freedom riders. Okay. In 1961, when the Congress of Racial Equality brought back the idea of the freedom ride, they decided to include women. And I think the idea is just to have your group of riders to be as diverse as possible um, for, for... I think not for exactly for experiment's sake, but do you know what I mean by that? So that yeah. like if, if one person is treated one way, you can like point it to another and say, well, why aren't you treating them that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really to like see, put in, take a diverse group of people, move them on an interstate bus from one area to another people and see how that, how the individuals in that group were treated yeah. and spread the word on what the result is. It's like having variables in a, in a yeah. experiment. Yeah. Yeah. The Freedom Riders experienced extreme violence as they made journeys on buses throughout the South to make sure that Southern states were abiding by the Supreme Court's ruling. The practice of freedom rides were not run for very long by the Congress of Racial Equality because when they saw how much their riders were being met with horrible violence, they they decided they didn't want to risk anyone else's lives. So they backed off. Um, However, a the project was taken up by the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. The worst thing that happened, the most horrible story that exists, was when a group of Freedom Riders were traveling through Alabama and they were supposed to stop in a town called Anniston and the buses were bombed. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's a truly terrible story. When the bus pulled up to the station, there were over 200 white protesters outside the station. So the driver decided to find somewhere else to stop to let the passengers off. The protesters chased the bus from their own cars until the bus wheels gave out. And when the bus was stopped, the bomb was thrown inside and the passengers fled and to immediately be met by brutally violent um, protesters who beat them. And yeah, like they were trapped between a flaming bus behind them, which had just exploded and, you know, over 200 protesters who were beating them up. Uh, It was terrible. Um, television proved to be a really important tool for the Freedom Riders because for the first time, violence against people of color was being publicly viewed by 
America, and it really turned public opinion against Southern segregationists. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't think America was on, I don't think America was unaware of segregation and violence against people of color, but here was just undeniable evidence of it in front of you, right. and you, no, no longer could you just ignore it and be like, well, it's not, I can't tell what's and going you, on, you know? Without segregation or without seg or without Jim Crow laws or something like that, you, it would be easy to be passive and say like, oh, well, that's a problem other places, but it's yeah. not a problem here. No, I exactly. So the group that is referred to as the Freedom Riders is the original group, not from 1947, but from 1961. It was 13 people, seven black and six white. They got on a Greyhound bus on May 4th, 1961 in Washington, D.C., and they planned to travel to New Orleans, Louisiana, so they could be there on May 17th to commemorate the seventh anniversary of Brown versus Board of Education, which mm -hmm. is the famous ruling that said that segregation of public schools was unconstitutional. Yeah, talking about it last week. Yes. Um, they made it through Virginia and North Carolina without incident or drawing any public attention, really. But then on May 12th, the first violent incident occurred in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Three members of the group were viciously attacked by white protesters. Uh, one of them was a black writer whose name I could not find. Um, and the other two were a white freedom rider who also happened to be a World War II veteran named Albert Bigelow. And the third one was the late great John Lewis, who mm -hmm. was an African-American seminary student and a member of the SNCC at the time, which is that group I said earlier, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Mm -hmm. After the incident, the group got back on the bus and traveled to Atlanta, Georgia, where some continued on with the Freedom Ride and some um, split off onto a trailway bus. And the group split up from there, and not much is said after that yep. of that first trip. However, um, let's to talk a little bit more about John Lewis. Um, he went on to be elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1986, and he continued to represent Georgia's 5th Congressional District, including Atlanta, into the early part of the 21st century. Uh, he fought for civil rights his entire life. He sadly passed away uh, last on July 17th. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him at the end, because that was really all that was said about him in things that I read about him regarding the Freedom Rides, but I do want to touch back on him before we co conclude. Yeah. Um, so on May 24th um, of 1961, there had been several horrible incidents of violence and um, there was just kind of chaos in around Southern travel in general yeah. um, because of this whole situation. So the U.S. Attorney General Kennedy called for a, quote, cooling off period. And this is a quote from a statement he made. A very difficult condition exists now in the states of Mississippi and Alabama. Beside the groups of freedom riders traveling through these states, there are curiosity seekers, publicity seekers, and others who are seeking to serve their own causes, as well as many persons who are traveling because they must use the interstate carriers to reach their destination. In this confused situation, there is increasingly the possibility that innocent persons may be injured. A mob asks no question. A, a cooling off period is needed. It would be wise for those traveling through these two states to delay their trips until the present state of confusion and danger has passed and an atmosphere of reason and normalcy has been restored. I do think it's telling that he didn't mention that I I'm sure a lot of people traveling to these areas were 
the large number of white protesters who were going specifically to beat up freedom riders. Right, right. Um, during the Mississippi hearings, the judge turned and looked at the wall rather than listening to the freedom riders' defense. Oh my God. That's yeah. Cool. Um, as had been the case with sit-in participants who were arrested for protesting segregated lunch counters in Tennessee. Um, he sentenced the Freedom Riders to 30 days in jail. Oh my God. Yeah. The NAACP took the case to the Supreme Court to appeal the convictions and all of the convictions were reversed because that was super unconstitutional and against everything that the Supreme Court had just decided. Right. And again, like, I don't understand how... Like, I, they weren't put in jail. The Supreme Court took them away, which just totally legally makes sense. But do but you I just don't think that they didn't, that they were never put in jail? I don't know that, but I know that, like, their convictions were taken away. Right. That doesn't and, mean that they weren't in yeah. jail. But, like, my point is that ultimately, like, the law was like, no, they didn't break the law. But I just right. don't understand how, after we, the Supreme Court has just said you cannot segregate interstate travel... And then literally all the Freedom Riders were doing were traveling. They were not doing anything. Okay, um, it's because it takes a really long time for things to get to the Supreme Court. It takes, and it takes a lot of money and a lot of energy. So probably yeah. this judge was like, okay, I can sentence them to jail and they will go and they'll be in jail for 30 yeah. That's 30 days that they're, in his mind, that they're not on the street. Yeah. That'll probably scare them out of doing what they're doing. You know, like... Even if it yeah. gets returned, it's probably worth it because at that point, so much is already going to have happened that they're still they're still going to deal with that trauma. You know, mm -hmm. you can reverse a conviction, but you can't reverse the trauma. Yeah, ah, you're right. So um, that is mostly what I have on specifically the freedom rides. Um, they did have a greater impact in that. Again, like I said before, it brought a lot of attention and negative opinion to Southern segregationists and Southern segregation practices. So it was a really helpful thing ultimately for the greater civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. um, and the people who were freedom riders were um, really glorified and are like mentioned fondly when you're discussing civil rights. But let's talk, do a couple more bullet points here on John Lewis, just to conclude on um, this late great man. Besides being one of the Freedom Riders, John Lewis is also known for being one of the organizers of the 1963 March on Washington. Mm -hmm. He led the 1965 Selma to Montgomery March from across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, uh, which I would like to refer to as the uh, Freedom Bridge, which a lot, many people do because Edmund Pettus was, a, was part of the KKK and was a horrible person. And I know that there is an effort to change the name of that bridge. Yeah. Um, he, uh, John Lewis was also among those who were beaten by police on Bloody Sunday, which was a horrible incident in which unarmed civil rights demonstrators were attacked. Feels like history is repeating itself right now. Yeah. Um, and lastly, he was an advocate for gay rights, Medicare for all, and participated in many protests for many causes throughout his life. He is a hero of civil rights. He is loved by many. Mm -hmm. uh, he will be missed. Yeah, I know um, just in like April, um, or I guess it was May, when all the protests started back up again in a major way following the death of George Floyd, um, he made statements saying like, 
if I could be out there, I would be out there. But it's like, I, he's like, I'm not at a health point where I can be yeah. with you, but like I'm with you in spirit. And I know there was some other protest. Maybe it was the, the Women's March. There was like another very recent protest in the past couple of years. That, like, oh, that wouldn't that. shock me. Yeah. One of the ones I read about was that he was, um, he participated in a lot of anti-Bush protests. Mm-hmm. Um, um, at first he protested because he didn't think that um, Bush was uh, rightfully and legally elected president. He, I think he, he lost he, the popular vote. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also he was very against war and all of the things going on in the Middle East because of Bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. That was great information that we just got there. Yeah. It's good to learn about. And also, <laughs> this is going to make me sound so stupid, but when you asked me, like, I've, I've heard the phrase freedom riders so many times, mm-hmm. but I was not 100% sure if it was R-I-D-E-R-S or W-R-I-T-E-R-S. I didn't oh, know if it was... With you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, are, is it a group that there's wrote also the movie things? Writers, there is a yes. freedom writers. Um, I yes. was like, is that what it's about? Like, but, I, but <laughs> I was like, no, no, that's not what it's about. That didn't happen, or maybe it did happen, <laughs> but that's not who we refer to. I've heard that the movie Freedom Writers is based on a true story, but the real woman was um, not as. Like she's made into much more of a white savior and yeah. um is made into be this amazing woman, but the actual black students of that white teacher said that she like wasn't very nice, said that she yeah. um was really full of herself because she like they she thought she was doing such amazing work for these students, but she was doing like kind of bare minimum. Right. Um so Anyway, that's about that. But yeah, I heard that too, and then I was like, okay, who are we talking about? Then is not that. Yeah, there's, no. there's another thing. No, that movie about a white woman is not what the Freedom Writers is about. <laughs> it's not the major civil rights movement. No, that we speak of. But I'm sure many people have that confusion as well. So the second I like Google it, I was like, oh, oh yes, riders. Important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure we're not the only people who have. Also, that. I did one more point that I want to make. Um, is that um, the civil rights case in 1946 that uh, started really the Freedom Rides was for a woman named um, Irene Morgan, who was arrested for refusing to um, move on a bus, which is um, what we really know Rosa Parks for. And I do want to mention that Rosa Parks was not even close to the first black person who refused to move from a whites only section. Uh, she was just chosen as the woman to form the image of the boycott around because she was thought to be the most wholesome and could e- be the most easily supported by white people uh, because she was like a harmless older woman. Uh, there were a lot more um, like younger women who they were worried wouldn't have a good enough reputation because of sexist reasons and Interesting. Um, Interesting. That also did that did the same thing. So that's one thing to point out that I mean, not that we don't love Rosa Parks, but just there are other women who did the same thing and other men that did the same thing. Right. That is interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Okie dokie. So that was a very important good thing that I'm glad I learned about. Yeah. And this next middle segment is much more stupid, but I <laughs> wanted to <laughs> to. <laughs> 
uh, bring this up. <laughs> Someone brought it up to us recently, and I, I thought we needed to clarify some things. So let's talk about that Cuban space. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's just a cube there. I thought you were going to start talking about Harry Styles and Taylor Swift, and I was like, Jane, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> podcast episode on Harry Styles. <laughs> one of my, one, one of the kids today was wearing a dress that was like, it had black spots and it went from red to green. It was like supposed <laughs> to look like a watermelon. And the woman I was working with was like, doesn't that just make you think of Harry Styles? And I was like, because of the song Watermelon Sugar? And she went, yeah. And I was like, so now just from now, all of history, when we think of watermelon, we think of Harry Styles. Love that. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, we're going to talk about um, <laughs> the Cuban space, which wasn't as big a headline as I thought it was. Just someone told us about it over the weekend and we were both like, what? What? <laughs> There's a Cuban space. Why is this not making more news? Now, of course, things like this don't really make news anymore. Like, We've been talking about aliens a couple times during this pandemic, and there was that TikTok going around that's, like... Not high on the priority list. I know. Have you seen that TikTok that's, like, at this point, the news could be, like, trees are eating people, and we'd all be, like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. This was that. Like, I... So, at first, I was, like, okay, I guess, like, Cuban space is not a huge headline, but here's all it really is is that NASA released a picture of the sun that at, at one point there's like a little black square mm-hmm. covering part of it. And <laughs> um, some, like, not NASA, like NASA was not like there's a Cuban space, but NASA posted that picture. And then basically some people were saying that Experts are now saying that this square in the picture is a cube that it just floats around the sun. It goes in and like it, it's known to go in of the in the sun and come back out, and yes. it is ten times the size of the Earth. Yeah, and it, it, th- there is evidence now that it is just this cube thing that floats very near the sun, nearer than the sun, near to the sun than humans would have thought possible so it must be of alien origin and it must be some species that lives in the sun and can survive and there are aliens in the sun um (laughs) is what people are saying based on this picture um uh, let's debunk this experts from nasa have said that the square is most likely space debris from like a um satellites or a rocket or something it could have even space debris that's 10 times the size of the no 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 no. it's not really 10 times the size of the earth oh okay thank god thank god yeah no that was just what some people said they were like they were like based on the calculations of the size compared to the sun this is how big it is it's 10 times the size of the earth how are they calculating size i don't know but basically they're saying there's literally no way to say that also some people are saying that it could be a very small like of quote space dandruff that was floating much closer to the camera than the sun is so yeah yeah it's much smaller than they're saying and it's most likely just like a bit of like debris from a satellite or something because um uh, like we said when we were talking about the black knight satellite that there's just a bunch of junk in space like there's a, a bunch of debris up there 
But the, again, I'm going to bring it back to that episode of the Black Knight Satellite. That's the real thing we got to worry about. What's that thing doing? Where's it going? Why is it there? <laughs> Why does it disappear? You really do find a way to work the Black Knight Satellite into every conversation. <laughs> I really do because I don't know why more people don't talk about it. Also, um, one other explanation for this block is literally just like that's how the pixels of a camera are broken up. They're broken up into little squares. And if a single, like, if there's like a single technological issue with the camera that's taking a picture of the sun, um, that is this, like, the size of the pixel that would just black out. Mm -hmm. So there are so many more explanations than a giant cube in space, 10 times the size of the Earth. Yeah, but we're all super bored, so. I know, I know. Although, also, the thing to be talking about is that as of five days ago, NASA, and this time it is actually NASA, has said that they are soon going to release knowledge they have of UFOs. Now, that's not to say that they're soon going to be like, aliens are real, but they're probably going to be like, here's some UFOs we've seen. Here are our theories. You know? Uh-huh. I'm thinking of that tweet that's like, I have no time for identified flying objects. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what the second half is. It's like, identify it or get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, I, I have to talk to you about what's going on in Roswell right now. I won't waste time on the podcast doing it, but I, it, yeah, it's okay. like. When we're done. You can talk about Roswell and I can talk about the X-Files. Look, we're all doing aliens. Great, great, great. Also, I totally forgot that I'm using your Hulu at the moment because when I opened up Hulu last night, it was like, here are your suggestions and everything was like a sci-fi or alien show. Yes. And I was like. <laughs> And I was like, I get that the only thing I've watched on here is Roswell, but come on. But then I realized, no, but Sarah's also watching the oh, X-Files, and Sarah is Sarah, so. <laughs> yeah, when you log in, you are logging in as me. You just yeah. into me. Yes, it's still, it's still my Hulu. So funny. Oh, my God. Also, somebody, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> watch the first, like, 45 minutes of Hamilton on my Disney Plus account. <laughs> It wasn't me. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. It wasn't me. I think my mom watched it without me. I was really hurt. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Sarah, you would only know that if you also went to watch Hamilton. On <laughs> but I wasn't. I was going because I'm going to show a clip of Room Where It Happens to a class I'm teaching tomorrow. So I wasn't going to sit and watch it. I was just trying to find a clip. But it hurt. <laughs> I didn't watch it yet. It really hurt. That cut deep. Okay. Speaking of aliens, let's talk about eyesight. Oh my god, I totally forgot. That's what I asked you about. You about optometry, and I was like, here's an opportunity for me to learn about the history of optometry. And for the first time, the first time in this whole podcast history, I was like, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what you asked me about. You asked me why are eyeglasses so expensive. So instead, yeah. I have a very, very short topic on why eyeglasses are expensive because, like, optometry is just not something that interests me, and I don't think it would be interesting for me to tell you how we it's develop okay. the practice of eyesight, like, of yeah. evaluating eyesight. Like, that just didn't sound interesting to me. But this, however, was very, very interesting. So here we go. 
why are eyeglasses expensive? I say, adjusting my blue light glasses. I'm so <laughs> happy I don't have prescription. I'm so happy I have perfect vision. Okay, the average consumer pays 10 to 20 times the cost of their frames. That's right, <sighs> 10 to 20 times the production cost. In short, the glasses industry is held under a monopoly by a company called Luxottica. This Italian company owns licenses with companies like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Michael Kors, DKNY, Coach, Burberry, Versace, and Chanel. It operates 7,400 stores around the world, including LensCrafters, Pearl mm -hmm. Vision, Sears Optical, Sunglass Hut, Target Optical, and the second largest provider of uh, optometry insurance, eye insurance, iMed Vision Care. Okay. Luxottica has zero real competition in terms of like competition that could force them to drive their price down, like at that scale, um, so that they can keep prices high. In 1995, Luxottica bought Lens Crafters. It was founded in the 90s. And in 95, they bought Lens Crafters and hundreds of their stores nationwide in the U.S. Luxottica immediately began emphasizing their own frames over those from outside providers within Lens Crafters. Luxottica also utilized a similar tactic in 2001 when it bought Sunglass Hut. Um, one of Sunglass Hut's suppliers was the beloved California brand Oakley. So when Luxottica bought Sunglass Hut, it insisted that Oakley reduce their wholesale prices or else Luxottica would reduce its orders to Sunglass Hut and would push its own brands instead. Um, because of this, Oakley's stock lost more than a third of its value. And again, it was one of the biggest sunglasses companies in the 90s in the U.S. And when Oakley stopped, stock dropped far enough, Luxottica swooped in and bought Oakley. Uh, this eliminated any competition in the sunglass market since Luxottica at that point also owned Ray-Ban, um, having acquired them in 1999. So in two years, Luxottica had the two most popular sunglasses brand they owned them. And this just kept happening. They just kept I've, bombing. I've never heard of this. I've, I feel like I've never heard the word Luxottica before. Yeah. In the early 90s, you could buy a pair of sunglasses, prescription sunglasses, or prescription glasses for $30. Ugh. I want you to remember that. $30. In the fall of 2018, Luxottica merged with Francis Elisor. Isalor eyewear company, the world's leader in making prescription eyeglasses. Isalor CEO Hubert Saneries, what a name, framed the creation <laughs> of a new entity now known as Isalor Luxottica as a positive for its customers. And he said, quote, the creation of Isalor Exotica, Luxottica, that's so hard to say is a defining moment in our fight to elevate the importance of good vision as both a basic human right and a key lever for global development. That's a load of horseshit. <laughs> Eyewear makers like Luxottica and their sort of smaller companies keep production costs a tight lip secret. No one knows exactly how much it costs to make their eyeglasses, presumably because when it came out, people would be outraged, which I'm telling you now, you should be outraged. Yeah, David Lazarus uh, last year in early 2019 wrote a piece for the LA Times on this topic. And when he tried to talk to Vision Council, which is a nonprofit supposedly dedicated to keeping eyewear costs low, they completely evaded the question. 
and asking what the average cost of a pair of glasses were. Vision Council describes itself as, quote, a nonprofit organization serving as a global voice for eyewear and eye care. But when Lazarus pressed their spokeswoman, Kelly Berry, for questioning, she said their company tended to focus on health and fashion trend messaging and refused to comment for the article. <sighs> Highly suspicious. But that same nonprofit estimates that half of adults in the U.S. wear eyeglasses. That's 126 million people in the U.S. alone. A company called VSP is the leading provider of employer eye care benefits. They do insurance. And they mm -hmm. estimate the average cost of a pair of eyeglasses now is $231. Ah, when it was 30! That in the early 1990s, 30 years ago, it was 30 before the creation of Luxottica. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. The true cost of a pair of acetate frames is probably as low as $10. And that's the frames, not the lenses, but still $10 <sighs> to make, probably less. And there are companies who are trying to justify that the cost is higher because technology has changed, but glasses are still made of the exact same thing as they were. Yeah. Like no technology has changed to make glasses more expensive. And in fact, production costs have only gone down because now as far as lenses goes, most lenses can be made by computers. They're not made by people anymore. Uh. There are many people advocating um, for eyeglass costs to be a part of the country's healthcare services, considering how many people could not function without them. If half the adults in the U.S. wear glasses, even if a third couldn't function without them, that's, what, 90 million people, something like that? Like, that's, or that's 100 million people. And if 100 million people couldn't function, adults, these are adults, not even people, adults. If 100 million people couldn't function without <laughs> children aren't people. Well, I'm talking about a <laughs> yeah. You need, I'm yeah. saying adults because of the example I'm about to say. Yes, if 100 yes, million yes. people had to wear glasses to function in society, that's 100 million adults that wouldn't be able to go to work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So clearly, it should be like a guaranteed thing for them. It would be better for the economy if we guaranteed people eyeglasses. Because then more people would be able to work. Theoretically. David Lazarus used this story to illustrate Luxottica's sphere of influence, um, which I found interesting. His story was, um, you go into a lens crafter's retail outlet where the salesperson shows you Luxottica frames under various names and brands. And then the company pays itself when you use your iMed insurance. <gasps> Is their sphere of influence. That's insane. Yep. That's They're how, evil. That's how big they are. It's like, I, I struggle because it's not. They're evil because they're racking up their prices. But what is more evil is the system that allows this to exist. Right? Yeah. Greater evil. Um, by the way, Leonardo Del Vecchio, which means Leonardo the Elder, which is a cool <laughs> evil man. Um, the <laughs> founder of Luxottica is worth $25.8 billion. Uh. Um, 
I hate that. That's really it. My, I'm going to close it out with buy your glasses from Warby Parker. Um, they are a <laughs> founded company based in New York. They were started by two guys and their glasses cost about half what it would at an optometrist or an obstetrician, but they will take your prescription. Um, for every pair sold, they also donate or discount a pair to someone in need. There's also nice. any optical, which is pretty big, and they sell glasses for about $50. There are some other alternatives. Like if you literally Google buying glasses online, buying glasses online is so much cheaper. And I'm talking about prescription glasses than going and buying them at a brick and mortar store. Like it's proven that those mm. places are much more ex expensive because that's what Luxottica controls. Um, but like there are, there's a company that if you send them the frames, like you, you have, if you have frames that you already like, but say your prescription's changing, you send them the frames and then they'll make the new lenses and that's cheaper. Like there are many ways around it. So like, if you wear glasses, like, please, please do your research. Do not give money to this company. And like the sad part is, is the New York, the LA time freighter was like, there's pretty much nothing that we can do about it. Like, it's, uh, it's so scary. <laughs> is that <laughs> okay well i don't feel great <laughs> i don't feel great either but i still yeah. like, i can't believe that i didn't know about this and i'm sure many people don't yeah like who would who would look at glasses and be like ah, oh, yeah evil monopoly but that's what you should think you know that's what's yeah. going on a thousand because i'm I'm sure there's a, like, most people are like, yeah, eyeglasses, fancy glass, must be expensive to make. Like, nope. But it's not. Nope. Uh, most of your lenses are made from plastic. It's not uh. even glass. <laughs> not even glass. Okay. So that was my irritated moment today. Um, uh-huh. Really upset reading that. And I was like, well, I don't wear glasses, so I'm not contributing except for these blue light glasses that I bought. And now I'm going to go research this company that I bought. Yeah. They were like cheap ones. They were like $13. So it's not mm -hmm. like I'm not giving them the big bucks. You know, I'm not giving them, I'm not buying <laughs> glasses, but still. But yeah, do your research before you have to buy glasses. This is not a market I'm contributing to. Therefore, all I can do is tell my friends buying glasses and be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. And this extends to contacts, too. They do contacts. They have the contacts. <laughs> In both definitions of the meaning. <laughs> they have the contacts, so they have the contacts. They have the contacts. I think there's that new contacts company. It's like Hubble or something like that. That's like big in New York. I don't think they own mm. that. Get your contacts on that. Now I'm just like an ad. And <laughs> 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 tell people where they are and are not allowed to buy things from. Yeah. You know. So shop local always. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's your That's a, it's really the, the best answer. The best way to do things is to shop local. Amazing. Um, that's everything I have for you today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website at forwondering.com. If you like what you're hearing, you could donate to us directly through the link in the show notes of this episode and or consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com. Okay, Sarah. Yeah. You know what I've been wondering? What? 
this is going to be really depressing. Um, how are refugee camps handling the pandemic? Oh, that is really depressing. Like worldwide? Uh, yeah, like I was watching this thing on 60 Minutes about a Syrian refugee camp and it was um, before, it was filmed like before COVID even happened and my parents and I were like, what's, are they okay? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Is that too dark? I could go for something else. No, no, it's a good thing to think about. No, 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 no. I will, I, I can talk about that. That's fine. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll have chocolate with me while I research. <laughs> Make a donation somewhere, sure. <laughs> That's fine. Um, okay. This is so stupid what I'm going to ask you about that it doesn't even deserve to be paired with such a heavy topic. So much so that I might not even put it in the title next week. Okay, Jane, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? I want you to tell me how five minute craps got started. <gasps> no, that's a juicy topic. <laughs> Again, it doesn't deserve to be paired with what the other one, but I just, I saw this five minute crap today that I was like, what? It was someone <laughs> took the like thing the can the like holder that iPhone headphones come in, not AirPods, but the regular headphones come in. You know what I'm talking about? How yeah. they have, like indentation of the headphone in it. And they filled it with like something that would like harden. But then in the video, like what they do is they took the headphones, the fake headphones that they made, and they put them in their ears and sat in the bathtub and pretended that they were listening to music with them. I was like, who is this for? It was the most insane five-minute crap video I've ever seen. Cause like, you know that oh look, it's AirPod shaped like soap, and they're like it's a little handheld AirPod soap, whatever. I'd be like, okay, okay, oh, random, but all right. Ears, like, and then just pretended to listen to music. I was like, I was so upset, Jane. I was inconsolable. I will send they you the video. They couldn't even, like, try and be like, it's good for cleaning out earwax. Like, they had to be like, no, you listen and relax. No. And, and it's pretend a there's music. Video, okay, it's a 14-second video. That's what I've been wondering. I hate it. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's everything. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been Wondering. <laughs>